Hey, this is Lauren Hargrove, co-pastor of Gravetop Church with the Revive Moms podcast. I hope this message makes a difference in your life and truly revives your soul. Enjoy. And today's message is titled Blind. Blind. So let's just jump on in there. Have you ever just felt blind? Like everything just seems so confusing and no matter how hard you try to see and figure things out, you simply can't. You can't see. You feel like you can't see the hand of God or you can't see the bigger picture. You can't see the positive outcome because your circumstances are showing you otherwise. This week I have read many stories back to back in the Bible about being blind. And I've been asking God, what are you trying to show me? I feel like he's beginning to reveal it little by little, but it got me thinking about this whole concept of being blind. So many of us are blinded by doubt. We have allowed our past, our current current circumstances, our unanswered prayers and pleas, our broken relationships, our constant disappointments, our heartache and tragedy to blind our hope and our faith. We begin seeing everything out of the lenses of doubt. We begin to be blind to the power of God and his endless miracles. We begin to doubt our future and throw faith out the window. We're still Christians, yes, but we're blind Christians that have lost our vision. We've lost our faith and we've lost that glimmer of hope in our eyes. We have allowed the enemy to cause us to believe that nothing is going to turn around. It's not going to get better. God isn't going to come through. That we just have to accept this or that and learn to cope with it. But I believe that God wants to heal the blind today. He wants to give vision to those who have lost it. He wants you to see that there is goodness and restoration, redemption, freedom, and breakthrough in your future. Maybe you feel blind to how it's all going to work out with your kids. You're concerned with how to pay for their every need, how to juggle multiple kids. Maybe you just found out you're pregnant again and you don't see how you could possibly handle it all. Maybe you've been struggling with your physical or mental health for so long and you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Or maybe your marriage is constantly hitting the same walls and you can't imagine how to save it at this point. Maybe you're tired and weary of crying out to God night after night and not not understanding what he's doing or where he is in the midst. But you're not alone. We all walk through blind seasons of our life, but the good news is you will soon see again and it will all make sense one day. So blind. I don't know if this resonates with any of you so far. I didn't give every example of what it means to be, I guess, spiritually blind. And we're not talking about actually physically blind. And for anyone who's, you know, lived a life like that, I can only imagine two things, how much of a struggle that can be. But I have found that people who actually live a life blinded, literally, they have such a different perspective 
and outlook on life. And a lot of times it is in a positive and inspiring way. Something that feels like a limit to them has become something that has strengthened them in such a greater way. And so, um, but today we're talking about not literally being blind, but being blind spiritually, mentally, and in different ways. And so our three points today is blinded by doubt. The second is new vision. And the last one is blind faith. And so I'm going to read one of the many stories about Paul in the Bible. So this story that we're going to, I'm going to share real quick, and I'm going to share a couple of verses on it. So it's a little segment here. So just listen as much as you can and stay with me. But I want you to just really hear um, what's going on here. And in this story, his name is still Saul, but later was changed to Paul. So when I'm saying Saul, it's because it's actually the Paul we're talking about the Bible, but God changed his name and that's a whole other story. So, uh, which is a really cool one. But listen to this story about Paul. And let me just say in this, it's in Acts 9. And I got a couple of segments because it's a really long story. So it's 1 through 5, 7 through 9, 5, and then 17 through 18 in case you care. Um, so it might be a little choppy, but it will all make sense. So here we go. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for the cooperation and the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. What is this saying? Saul, Paul. So Saul was totally against Christians. He was one of those people in our day and age like, oh, y'all are loving a lie. Like, I hate Christians and I actually want to destroy them. He was on a mission to stop the, the gospel, to stop people from sharing the way about Jesus. He was on a mission. He had a, a passion to stop uh, the power of God and so or of Jesus. He believed in God. He was very... Uh, um, religious and he knew all of the religious terms and everything but he didn't know the truth about Jesus and he didn't want um, it to be spread so going on he wanted to bring them both men and women back to Jerusalem in chains as he was approaching Damascus on this mission a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him Saul Saul why are you persecuting me who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but they saw no one. Saul picked himself up off of the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. There it is, the word blind. He was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. But the Lord said, and so the Lord is talking to someone else and he's about to tell him, um, his name is Ananias, to go pray for Saul so he can restore his sight. So this is God. He's saying, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings, as well as to the people of Israel. Do you remember that just a while ago, Saul was on a mission against Jesus to take the message away and to stop it. And so all of a sudden Jesus knew this and Jesus is telling Ananias that he actually has chosen Saul 
to be an instrument to take his message to people, that's crazy right there. He's choosing someone who literally hated him, was persecuting him and his people, and he still said, oh yeah, I chose him. Like nothing. Like just, oh yeah, that's Saul. Yeah, I chose him. Like, dude, that's like a whole nother segment of a whole nother story of a whole nother message. I just got the goosebumps, you know, here we go. But Jesus chooses the craziest people and we're all crazy here. Okay. So he said, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and the Kings, as well as the people of Israel. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy spirit. Instantly, something like scales, fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Boom. He, a couple days ago, hated Jesus, was against him. A couple days later, he was blind in the darkest moments of his life. And then all of a sudden, his sight was restored. And not only that, he was baptized, ready, and on fire for Jesus to preach the gospel. What a transformation. Like Paul's life is crazy. So go get up all in that word. And I encourage you to, dude, it's either cold in here. I'm like genuinely getting the goosebumps, right? (laughs) But it's such a powerful story. So this story is so powerful for so many reasons. Before Saul went blind, he thought he could see. He thought he knew the truth. And his truth is that Jesus and all his followers were bogus. But Saul was actually blind before he actually lost his sight. Not literally at first, but he was blind spiritually. He doubted the gospel of Jesus. He doubted his mercy, forgiveness, grace, and love. It didn't make sense to him. He couldn't believe that Jesus was willing to die for us on the cross. And just like that, by believing in him, we could be saved. He's like, no, man, people got to work for this. But Jesus was like, no, bro. And so he was blind to this. He couldn't see how any of it made sense. He was blind to the freeing truth of Jesus because of his doubt in his power. He heard all of, all of the stories about Jesus. He listened to them, but he couldn't believe it himself. Shortly after that, Jesus literally found him right in the middle of his mission to destroy his followers and supernaturally got his attention. Once Jesus did this, there is no more room for doubt in Saul's life. He heard Jesus. He saw his light and he finally believed. I mean, Jesus came down and said, boom, here I am. He saw the light of Jesus and he heard him. I mean, if we doubt after an experience like that, then I don't know what to say. So at that point, Paul's like, dang, Jesus, you are real. My bad. The only way to receive his actual sight again He would have to allow someone to pray over him using the healing power of Jesus. And when this happened, he gained his sight back. But this time, but this time his sight was better than before. He didn't just see physically again, but this time he could see spiritually. He could finally see the truth and power of Jesus. This newfound faith gave him an unstoppable passion to tell the world about Jesus, and that is exactly what he did. Did you know that Paul wrote um, a big majority of the New Testament? Like all those books in the New Testament, a lot of that 
Most of that was from Paul, the one who hated Jesus before. You know, that's a whole other tangent, so I'll stick to the script. So my last thought on this point about blinded by doubt is this. So what is blinding you today? Sometimes we think we can see, but we actually can't. There are too many doubts and lies flooding our mind that it is hindering us from seeing the truth of Jesus in our lives. Maybe you believed in Jesus, but you doubt that he wants to bless you. You see him blessing those around you, but you doubt that he wants to do it for you, whatever that blessing is. Maybe you've heard of people having complete life changes after finally deciding to give their lives to Christ, but your mind is filled with doubts of why you shouldn't. I can't be a good Christian. I still got issues. Jesus probably is disappointed in me. I'm the worst sinner. And FYI, Paul, he actually said in scripture, he said, I'm the chief of all sinners, but Jesus still used him. So if you think you're one of those people like, oh, if I go to church, I'll burn it down. Like you will not burn it down. (laughs) You know, so, so many of us have these doubts about ourselves. Maybe you doubt that you can be a good mom. You're afraid to follow in the footsteps of your mother's bad habits. And you're so afraid to mess up your kids. Maybe you're blind to the un, untapped potential in your marriage, the struggles you've been blind that have been blinding you from the beauty that could be with some hard work and dedication. Maybe you doubt the power of the cross, the forgiveness of Jesus over you and your family. You're blind to his grace and mercy. I don't know what is blinding you today from the truth and the power of Jesus, but I do know that Jesus wants to open your eyes. He wants to remove the doubts and the lies to give you new vision. Though you have felt blind in this season, know that God always has a crazy way of using these seasons to give you better and more clear vision. You will see better than you ever did before. And so blinded by doubt. Let's move on to our second point and that is new vision. This is where it starts to get good, okay? So we realize, hey, we got some stuff blinding us, but let's get some of that new vision. In Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, it says, but forget all that. Forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I'm about to do something new. See? See? I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers and the dry wasteland. So whatever it is in the past you need to forget, forget all that because he's doing something new. And he even says, do you not see it? It will make a pathway through the wilderness. What does that mean? Where there's your situation might look like a wilderness and there's no pathway. He's like, okay, well, I'll make a pathway. You might be in a dry wasteland right now. You might feel dry and weary and burnt out and tired. But he's like, okay, cool. Well, I'll create rivers right there. Like he can do the impossible. It is time for your vision to be restored. It's time to ask God to remove the doubts and the lies and all that is hindering you from seeing his power in your life. It's time to see the truth. And what is the truth? What does God want you to see today? He wants you to see that he is right there with you and always has been. 
He wants you to see that he will give you freedom over addiction, over strongholds, anxiety, depression. He wants you to see that he can repair even the most broken marriages. He wants you to see that you are a good mother. Let me say that again. He wants you to see that you are a good mother. How many of us moms in here be plagued with mom guilt? We try and we give everything that we have because we love our children. And at the end of the day, oh man, like did I do? It's just like annoying, you know? But I want you to see that you are a good mother. Why do you doubt how amazing of a mother you are? Just because you're tired, you get frustrated over the spilled Cheerios for the hundredth time? Maybe because you raise your voice because they literally don't listen to you sometimes, you know? Maybe you bought them nuggets again for the second, third, fourth time this week and you think you're failing. Hey, but they're eating. <laughs> Maybe because you put on a show a little longer than you'd like to because you just needed a moment to chill because they're literally going crazy. Maybe because you wish you could be home with them more or homeschool them or send them to private school. Who knows what it is? But you need to see right now that you are an amazing mother. Don't allow the lies and delusions and doubts and shortcomings to blind you from the fact that you are trying your best and your kids are blessed that God chose you to love and raise them. Stop feeding the lies of insecurities and start reminding yourself of just how good of a job you're doing. God has called and chosen you to be a mom to your children and he has given you the power to do it with all his grace and love. Can't you see? Can't you see that you're freaking awesome? Can't you see that you're a beautiful wife? Can't you see that God has been faithful to you before and he will be faithful again? Can't you see that God is providing all of your needs, even if it's one bill at a time? Can't you see that your children are alive, fed and loved and cared for? Can't you see that if God can restore your life, that God is big enough to do the same for your kids when they face all of life's challenges? Can't you see that even though you grew up in a broken home, you're now whole, healed, and strong? Can't you see that you are called for great things and God will finish the good work he started in your life? And so ending this point about new vision, I'll share this verse in Isaiah 42, 16. And it says, I will lead blind Israel down a new path guiding them along an unfamiliar way. I will brighten the darkness before them and smooth out the road ahead of, ahead of them. Yes, I will indeed do these things. I will not forsake them. I love this verse. It's spoken to me like many times in the past, but how many times have you felt blind? And he's saying, I will lead you down a new path along places that are unfamiliar. I mean, when you're going down an unfamiliar place with your children, what do you do? You hold their hands like, okay, this way, come over here. Oh, be careful. We're, you know, like you're leading them one step at a time. They don't know what's ahead, but in the same way, Jesus is saying, I will lead you. I will hold your hand. He knows what's ahead and he will smooth out the road ahead of you. New vision. 
And so let's end on this last point, and that is blind faith. You may have heard this verse many times, but let's listen to it in a new way. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So this might sound contradicting to what I'm shared today so far, but I want to encourage you that having faith requ requires us to be blind sometimes. But this is the good idea of being blind, if you will. We t you know, what am I saying? I'll give you an example. Do you have faith in God? Have you seen him, anyone? No, right? And if you have, like, well, you should write a book. <laughs> um, there's a couple of books out there like that, you know, who knows? But, you know, most people haven't seen God face to face at this point. But you have faith in of a God that you haven't seen then why do you believe in him even though you can't see him? Faith is believing without seeing. In the same way you all believe in God and chose to live your life for him, it's time to start believing in faith for the good things he has in store for your future. Instead of being blind by doubt, we need to walk forward with blind faith. Even though you can't see the breakthrough yet, believe it. Even though you might be living paycheck to paycheck now, hold on, believe that God will continue to provide and reveal ways to increase your income. Even though you're sick in body now, believe that God will bring healing. Even though your kids are struggling in school right now or with whatever it is, believe that God will reveal a way for them to find help and they will succeed. Even though you're struggling with addiction now, believe that you will be sober and free. Even though anxiety has infiltrated your mind and you feel stuck, believe that you will be at peace and secure soon. You may not see how these things can happen, whatever it is you have faith for, but because your circumstances tell you otherwise. So you may not believe these things can happen because your circumstances are showing you otherwise, but I dare you to have blind faith and believe it right now, even when it doesn't make sense. I want to challenge you this week to write down what you're believing for in faith. And many of you have been scared to. You've been so blinded by doubt that you don't even wanna believe again. You don't even have hope for the future. The idea of getting your hopes up sounds like a, you know, um, the most discouraging thing to hear when it's supposed to be encouraging. But that's why God is taking these scales off of our eyes today and he's showing us that it's okay to believe again. So I challenge you this week, write down what you're believing for and be bold about it. I'm not saying, oh, okay, I'm, I'm writing, like I'm gonna write down like the newest Mercedes because I'm totally believing for that and that's so cool. Hey, if you want to, like that's between you and God and that's cool. But like the things you're really longing for deep down in your soul, Write it down and commit it to the Lord and dare to pray and believe while you wait. You know, I've actually done this several times in my past, usually like during times of fasting, um, but sometimes just because I'm praying about it. And it is so powerful. It gives you hope to continue believing for things. One thing that I fast for every year when we do our 21 day fast um, is for my immediately, my immediate, my immediate family to find Jesus year, every year that goes by, I put those specific names on my prayer list 
And every single year I'm like, I will pray with all my heart because I will believe that they will find Jesus. I'm not going to come to this next year and be like, oh, well, they still haven't. So like, I guess not like not going to write that down. I believe with every part of my being, you know, and um, I've done this year after year. And even though some of them have not yet come to Jesus, I will relentlessly pray fast and believe with blind faith that they will find Jesus too. Another example, when Homer and I moved to San Antonio to plant this church, some of y'all may not know our story, some of y'all do. Crazy story. Did that take blind faith? Heck to the yeah. We knew that God spoke to us to do it. Like we just knew without a shadow of a doubt, but we were so blind to how, what, when, and all of the details. We were scared. Crazy faith is scary. Like we're like, oh my gosh, we we can't deny that we didn't hear you, God. We're going to have to do this because you spoke. But dang, like money, <laughs> you know, where do we live? What do we do? Like starting a whole new life. The details were not figured out, but we chose to walk with blind faith and trust Jesus. Some of people thought we were crazy and a lot of people supported us. And some people are kind of like weird, but it's like, whatever. <laughs> um, hate is going to hate, right? And I am here to testify that God has been so faithful every step of the way. All the details came together. And as you take one step at a time trusting Jesus, they will come together. There are so many more stories I could share. But I want to ask you, what is your story? I encourage you to dare to believe, dare to have faith, and walk blindly if you have to one day at a time and watch God blow your mind. Watch God blow your mind, dude. Like he can do it. And I'm going to end on this verse and you may have heard it a billion times, but just pretend you're hearing it for the first time and let it really be God speaking this to you. And it's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Trust in him. Don't depend on what you see, what you feel, what you've been through, what your experiences have taught you. But it says just trust in him with all your heart, and he will make it amazing. You know, am I sharing this message to say, oh, it's all faith from here, all butterflies. No, faith is hard and you're still going to encounter some challenging times in life, but you also are going to encounter joyful, amazing mountaintop moments. So don't let the, the doubts and the things that you've been through to make you feel like there's nothing to look forward to, that there's no joy and laughter and, and beautiful miracles and breakthroughs because there are. And the, and this isn't on the script, but John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly to give you a satisfying life. So if you feel like, oh, well, this life is just bound to suck. Well, actually, no, Jesus cares about your life here and in eternity. Like that's like the best life ever. But he actually wants to give you a satisfying life here on earth. And another scripture says, surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of the life. And another one says, I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So in this land, in this earth, you will see the goodness of God. So don't allow doubt in the enemy to steal your hope for the future and to steal your faith.
because I really believe that God wants to show you that he's about to do something new. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to connect with you. Follow Revive Moms on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If Revive Moms has been life-giving to you, then we'd love to connect with you as a church family. To learn more about Gravetop Church, visit gravetop.com or follow us on social media at Gravetop Church. Thanks for listening.